Hi everyone, welcome to the Duluth Rundown, a podcast focused on the local Twin Ports running scene. My name is Tony Stensland with Tony Stensland Coaching. And I am Mike Ward with Duluth Timing and Events. All right, quick thank you before we get started to our sponsor of this episode, Austin Jaro, uh, Duluth's original running store. Um, that's the place to get your running shoes. Great advice from all the people that work up there. Um, check out their website, austin-jaro.com. Um, they are also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, drive on up to their location on Central Entrance, um, just on the other side of where the Home Depot is, but on the other side of the road. Uh, or give them a call, 218-722-1185. Thanks so much to Austin Jaro. All right, everyone, welcome to the Duluth Rundown podcast. This is episode number 67. It's uh, July, or July, it's not even close to July. It's not December 17th right now. Um, we are recording Sunday afternoon here at Mike's house with our brand new microphones, which is pretty nice. Hopefully the sound, sound, yeah, hopefully the sound sounds is good for all you listeners out there. At least equal. Mike, how have you been? Really good. Yeah? Yeah. Running? A little bit. A little bit. Here and there. Yeah. Here and there. Me and too. Me too. Like a little bit. Uh, I've really leaned into the fair weather runner status these <laughs> days with no like training planned or agenda. Yeah. And uh, we've had some pretty nice days lately. Warm. That really makes it easy get, to get out the door. It you know? has actually been pretty good running weather. Yeah. It's like the extended fall in a way, even though like, <laughs> I really wish it were snow. And we'll get into that yeah. later on in the podcast. But um, I wish it was actually winter the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, it's good and bad because, like, you know, when it's not great conditions or, or winter conditions, I mean, like, the lake walk's nice because right. if it's, like, 38 degrees or 40 degrees, but then, oh, the trails are probably taking a beating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll get to that in a sec. Should we hop right in? Let's do it. All right, so let's get started with the Gobble Gallop 5K on uh, Thanksgiving morning here in Duluth, the winner of the race Scott Bailing, I believe he's won this race, I don't know how many times, many times. but uh, 30, 30 times? 30 times. 40, 40 times? For it. Probably at least like a lot. five, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be a good thing to maybe look up one day, one of these, maybe next year, Scott. <laughs> uh, he won in fifteen nineteen though, so a smoking fast time. Uh, the first place female was Madeline Strandimo out of Duluth. Uh, with a 1746, so uh, that was uh, geez, 14th overall or so. Really fast time for Madeline. Nice work. And yeah, about uh, 1,300 finishers in the 5K this year. Uh, we also have results coming in from the Chester Rim 5K, which is the first installment of the uh, Duluth Winter Trail Running Series. Spencer Castillo of Duluth won the race in 2114, and then the first place female was... Uh, Elizabeth Keys, uh, also from Duluth, twenty-five forty-four, and we had just about seventy finishers uh, in the race there. So, congrats to everyone uh, on that one. And um, talking about the Duluth Winter Trail Running Series, that's a great segue to upcoming races, which we have uh, several more in the series. The next installment is January sixth. 2024 so next year already uh, we have the northwoods winter trail marathon and half marathon championships uh, later on that month uh, january 20th we have the hartley park 10k 
And then to wrap up the series, uh, February 3rd, 2024, Frozen 4-Hour and 5K. I guess I did not see the uh, Winter Wipeout. Uh, I know that was on last year, but maybe that one is not part of the series anymore. I guess I'm not, I'm not too sure. But uh, we still have three other events uh, ready to roll for the Duluth Winter Trail Running Series. Uh, moving along, we also have a race not quite local to Duluth, but a lot of Duluthians go up to run, and it's a really fun event. It is called the Freezer Gizzard Blizzard Run. It is in International Falls, so a little bit of a, a hike for us uh, Duluthians and Superior Rights. Uh, but really fun um, 5K and a 10K road race in International Falls. Uh, many times it's uh, more or less the coldest day of the year. And uh, that is in January. I just had the date up. Now I lost it. Um, bear with me. That is January 27th, 2024, 9 a.m. So uh, check that out. And then Arrowhead's coming up too, but we will probably talk about that on our next podcast installment. Mm hmm uh, what else we got? Uh, that's that's really it for upcoming races. Uh, moving on to trails report. Uh, yeah, been all over the board, huh? Yeah, you know, in the mornings, they're pretty good. And as long as the temperature is enough below freezing during the day, they're actually, they've been actually really, really nice. I've even ran on trails in my road shoes um, because mm. they're frozen. So you don't really need a nubby shoe anyway for grip because they're they're well they're frozen but um yeah today for instance you know sunday the 17th is a little bit warmer we've had a mm. lot of rain here in the last couple of days yeah so i went down tisher creek trail this morning mm. and it was kind of surface muddy it was fine but uh okay. you could tell that they were softening up and so yeah. I'm, I'm guessing probably the gravel roads and some of the more dirt trails where tisher creek trail is actually pretty rocky it's got a lot of crushed gravel on it yeah so um i'm guessing things like hartley would probably be a little bit muddy and i would assume they'd be closed yeah yeah and that's something that uh looked at real quick is just to get a sense on the city of duluth natural surface trails webpage cogs um you know kind of what the status was the best resource that i found recently was the superior hiking trail association website superiorhiking.org slash trail dash conditions trail conditions page um kind of had a, a good um synopsis of what we should look for as responsible trail users in these kind of strange times where it maybe doesn't make sense to have a blanket closure because it can change so rapidly but really the the um bottom line is uh if the trail the tread is muddy stay off so um that's kind of the the uh, general gist here if you see footprints or bike tire ruts in the underlying dirt then it's best to turn around and find a different outdoor recreation opportunity quoted matt andrews parks and recreation trails coordinator at the city of duluth so um until everything is frozen solid he says so my question on that then because that all makes complete sense yeah but i'm wondering if there's just like say one five foot section yeah of you know a kilometer of trail Mm -hmm. that because it really that spot just holds water it's a low spot there's a little bowl there yeah of course there's going to be like a little shoe print or something in right. that location like does that mean that the whole trail or is it just mean like yeah 
unfortunately there is this one place that's a little wet and you're there's it's unavoidable to leave a footprint but the rest of the trail is fine you know what i mean yeah what's allowed and what's not allowed in those situations i don't know i mean i think this even is interesting right because it doesn't say so verbatim you know this is allowed or not i think it uh, yeah it's just uh how can we how can we um arm yeah ourselves trail users with the information to make our best judgment like exactly you can get kicked off the trail because you left one footprint in the one low spot like no right you can get kicked off the trail for running through a compromised trail that's in really bad shape and you're ruining it no probably not right like there's not someone out here not gonna get kicked (laughs) off per se but you will have some negative effect yeah for an extended amount of time you're right by by being on those trails yeah. yeah i agree i think that's pretty much the case there's there's like a yeah. common sense issue in fact yeah. this morning when i ran down tisher creek i got to the very bottom there you know at um uh superior street yeah and as i was kind of leaving to cross superior street another guy was coming up the trail mm. and i thought it was really kind of him he yeah. asked was it muddy before he got to oh. the actual dirt trail I was like hey was it muddy okay like, oh that's good of him he's like yeah he's aware of this and he's like cognizant that um yeah he might not be able to run on it per se because right. too muddy. i said no no it's totally fine i came down it and it was fine so yeah yeah but that was really good i thought great awareness on his part yeah so and i think that's all we can all do is just have more awareness and kind of realize you know if a trail's vulnerable to damage and mm-hmm. yeah so yep absolutely hopefully this podcast is one simple uh, resource for you know, people. I feel like there. we've done a pretty good job. We talk about this almost every single podcast. <laughs> we and, do, and, don't we? And so I think everybody who <laughs> listens consistently is, yeah. is on is aware and on the same page as we are with all of yeah. this. Yeah. Besides our humble opinions, right? You know, there are uh, excellent resources such as the Superior Hiking Trail website, mm-hmm. Cogs website, City of Duluth website. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um, so that's trails report. Yeah. Hopefully it just freezes up real quick and we get a bunch of snow and then we can talk about how fun the winter trails yeah, are. But the for now, trails, the snow covered trails, once they're packed in are so much yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, but for now let's move along to coach's corner. Um, uh, we were kind of talking about this funny. I, I thought we could talk about, uh, diet cause I'm thinking, you know, this time of year, everyone's eating junk food and not exercising as much. And, uh, you kind of had a different idea, but uh, I think it's an interesting topic. So, what's what's uh, on tap for this week's? Yeah. So my my thought is, and I'm I, when I say this, I'm afraid I'm, I'm, I'm I, not everybody might not you know people might not agree with this. We'll see what. But, but I'm a big believer in um, bef- especially before your long runs, but really before any run is not necessarily eating. Running, they use the word fasted. Run, do the run fasted. Hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. a huge fan mm-hmm. of that phrase because it sounds, I don't know, for some reason to me, it kind of starts to get into like, I'm starving, you know, like, I'm, like, yeah. I'm so hungry, I'm yeah. just weak and I have no energy. You're right. Anyway, that's the connotation that I kind of associate with that word fasted. So that's why I don't like that term, but that's what is often used. Right. Um, my thought is by running without fuel, without fueling up before you run say like people like a banana or a bagel with some peanut butter or that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. by doing by not doing that just going out for a run in the morning you're teaching your body to burn fuel more efficiently Mm -hmm. Um, just like a car we have a certain fuel economy but unlike a car we can improve our fuel economy we can get better miles per gallon right 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 
And you can do that with practice. And mm -hmm. so by running without having to fuel up beforehand teaches your body to utilize the fats that are already there. If right. you ate dinner the night before, you have enough calories on board for your morning run. Yeah. Even if you're going 20 miles. Or even if you didn't eat dinner, like if you're truly fast for 24 hours, like you still have that you, you probably, fat rate. You probably do, yeah. Now, something like that, you definitely need to take some time and, and develop that ability to get to that right, point. Right, right, but right. But you absolutely can. If you're a human being, you have the ability to improve your fuel economy. Hmm. So I know a lot of people, and I was the same exact way for a long time. Oh, man, I don't like that feeling of being hungry and then going out for a run. So. Yeah. I better have some toast yeah. and then, you know, yeah. wait, I don't know, 15 minutes, half hour or whatever, and then go run. Just, yeah. But you're not actually utilizing that fuel that you ate uh -huh. that from food. It's not converted to fuel for energy. Right. My understanding, and I don't know if this is true, is that it takes six hours. Six hours. Six okay. hours. Huh. So the fuel that you're using wow. while you're running came from food that you ate six hours or more ago. So is this whole gel thing like a... Fake? That's a great question. <laughs> no, it's not necessarily fake because that is like super quick energy. So that's getting into your system okay. very fast. And so you're utilizing that, but you're also burning it up really, really fast. It's like trying to burn like pine wood in your fireplace versus yeah. something like oak or whatever that burns slower. Or like another analogy would be like the toast for breakfast. Like the toast might not get burned, so to speak, but the jelly would. It's yeah, maybe so. Sugar, sugar. potentially. I, yeah, and I'm no, I'm definitely no expert, and I don't. Yeah, I want to make sure when I say these things that, you know, I, I want to be clear. Disclaimer. That, yeah, I am not a nutrition expert. Yeah, yeah. But just on all the things that I've read, uh -huh. um, my own experience, my own coaching. Yeah. Learning to burn fats efficiently. Mm -hmm. You everybody can do that, mm -hmm. and you have to. In order to do that, you have to basically run without eating beforehand and right. so your body will learn it'll learn oh he's not giving us or she's not giving us any food for this i'm going to have to utilize yeah. all the energy that's already stored up in my body Onboard. and it learns yeah. how to do that more and more efficiently as time goes by yeah and i've seen it work with with some of my athletes as well like they they get more efficient huh. and so a lot of times that bonk late in the mm. in the marathon mm -hmm. is a fuel efficiency issue and you can improve that with practicing this these kinds of runs yeah i i think there's some really interesting like articles on the internet too i remember reading and kind of getting into this myself and then i got questions though what do you think about um, trying too many new things like, okay, like what's the point of a long run? Like it's to build endurance, stamina, mm -hmm. right? Like get the miles in, you know, like mentally almost. Yep. Is it too much to try to introduce this other facet of fuel economy to that long run? Well, here's what I would say. Now is a perfect time of the year to, to practice this mm. fuel efficiency thing because you can afford to reduce your long runs to maybe mm -hmm. 10 or 12 miles is your long run now. Mm -hmm. Well, you can do that without any food beforehand that morning. Mm -hmm. You do not need a banana or yeah. anything before a 10 miler. Yeah. So start with that and work your way up to the 20 milers that if you're training for grandmas, you're going to be running like in April yeah. and May. So that's right. what I would do. That's okay. what I would do. And uh, here's a, kind of another t funny question. All right. What if I said, uh, Tony, like train me to be more fuel efficient, mm -hmm. this high fat diet, like I'm going all in. Yeah. And then, but I also have these races that I 
you know, I'm training for real hard and I want to optimize per my performance. Um, I guess, is there still a point and I'm leading you on the, I'm definitely leading you to a sure. <laughs> second question here, but like, would that change? Um, or, or would I still like being like a, I'm doing air quotes here, like a fasted state, um, on race day as well? Oh, good question. Um, I would say top off your, you know, your fuel the night before and, mm -hmm. and you know, eat to a nice comfortable level. Maybe, you know, uh, yeah. maybe something like a piece, piece of toast and some peanut butter, yeah. depending on the length of your race, um, depending on just kind of how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. So here's an, here's an example that I think kind of gets to your question a little bit mm -hmm. with regards to my training group and gel usage on our long runs. Yeah. Back in the day, I provided gels on every Saturday long run. Yep. And people would stop every three miles or so, grab a gel, yeah. fuel up, grab some power drink or water, take off, do the same thing again three miles later. Uh -huh. And after a while, I was like, you know, we don't need this. This is too much. We don't, nobody really needs this much gel. Yeah. So yeah. I just kind of stopped doing the gels altogether, and okay. you guys can just bring gels as you need. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see any kind of drop-off in performance at all. Hmm. That being said, I do think it's it's important if you're, say, you're doing the marathon, yep. and you plan on using gels on race day, yep. at least one or two long runs practice your race. Yeah. My meaning, bring some gels with you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. And that's what I was leading you towards. Yep. Um, I felt like kind of reflecting on this last season, for instance, of training and racing. Um, I, I just, uh, I, I think it's, it's, uh, you can't, you can't, uh, over emphasize how much consistency plays into mm -hmm. training for racing. Yeah. And here's one aspect fueling. I, I found it helpful to eat the same like breakfast Mm -hmm. uh, ev for every long run. And, and then I knew I would do that on race day and it was a big hefty breakfast, like oatmeal yeah. and peanut butter and coffee and yeah. orange juice and a banana, you know, like a hefty breakfast, but I was training for some long races, like 50 miles. Like I want to have a, yeah. a big, you know, a lot of food in me. Mm -hmm. And then same with gels, you know, 45 minutes exactly. Yeah. And then when it came to fueling for the races, they all went off like lovely, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's maybe like a hard that f for me, like hearing the fueling strategy of like, I should fast and like experiment more. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's kind of hard knowing that I had success kind of with that's this a, consistency that's a, last that's year. That's a great so. point. And certainly, you know, everybody's comfort level is going to be quite a bit different mm -hmm. without question. And I know for a lot of people, the idea of doing say a 15 mile run without any food in beforehand that morning mm. is downright scary. Mm, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially if you're not used to it, it would be a little scary. Yeah. I promise the vast majority of people could, could right now do 10 miles easily without oh. it, the people yeah. who are running and training consistently. Go, go, could go do 10 miles. Like 90 minute run. Yeah. Without, yeah. uh, without having anything before mm -hmm. the run. Yeah. Yeah. And it would not take long to get to 15 and it really wouldn't take all that long then to get to 20. Yeah. 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 That said, though, I, uh, I mean, okay, say I, I have another A race, mm -hmm. uh, you know, next year, and I start doing long runs once a week. I mean, that's like 40 opportunities to Absolutely. experiment. Absolutely. <laughs> like, that's it. That's just it. You know, you talk about the consistency, and obviously consistency is very important in yeah. just about anything we do. But then by 
the very means of experimenting, you're changing consistency. Yep. So you kind of, there's always this like... Pick your battles. You pick your battles a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You you, want to experiment, of course. Yeah, yeah, But you want to stay consistent. So you got to do... I think... I think sometimes you have to be brave enough to be to experiment. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, I can. I tell you, when I f- first started running, I would get so intimidated for long runs. I would think, "Oh, I haven't eaten enough. I didn't eat any breakfast. I better, yeah, better Stressful, eat." And right? now, I, now I got to wait and let my food set a little bit. And <laughs> next thing I know, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon, and I haven't started my long run that I was yeah. going to start at eight a.m. Right. Like that happened a lot yeah. in my early days. Oh my god! And gosh, now yeah. I don't eat before my runs at all. Funny, huh? I'm not scared of it anymore. I'm not, it doesn't concern me at all. And and I've started runs where I'm hungry, where I literally have that feeling of hunger. Yeah. That goes away within a mile. You don't notice it anymore. And I don't ever, I've never felt like weak. Yeah. Oh, I didn't eat in the last hour. You know, I never once run felt that way. Funny. Now, granted these, I'm not talking about 20 milers right now because I'm not in that kind of shape, but to go and run an hour, hour, 20 minutes, Zero problems. Right. Zero. I think it's uh, for me. It it requires more bravery to have the big breakfast before a long run. Okay. Because it's like anything could happen, like mm-hmm. gastrointestinally. You know, like yeah, that's very true. Am I gonna have to plot out my route carefully to include bathrooms? But that's part of the training for that, I guess. Yep. Whereas, like, I just think having no food in your stomach, the run goes better generally for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's often the case. And yeah, everybody's a little different, certainly how they digest foods and, and like you say, bathroom breaks, everyone's a little bit different there. So yeah, certainly as with anything with running, these rules are not hard and fast. Yeah. And they're not going to always work for everybody. But um, I think it is important to try to train the body to burn fuels efficiently. Yeah. My last question for this regarding, um, you know, training the body, burning fuels efficiently. What's your stance on like deliberately bonking, like knowing that you're going to bonk, doing it just specifically for the. Yeah, absolutely. I, my buddy Shuni and I, we, we talk about this. We both yeah. enjoyed doing, or at least we did. I don't know if I haven't done it for a few <laughs> years now, but yeah, I would, when I was confident enough yeah. in my fitness and, you know, and running consistently bigger miles, um, yeah, I would go do that. I, I, I knew exactly how, you know, having bonked enough, I knew how it was going to go. I knew mm-hmm. it was going to feel. Um, it's a nice awareness to kind of understand what it feels like when that bonk is coming on. Yeah, right, right, I right, mean, right. It, and if you want, say, in a training run or a race and you're prepared, there's something maybe you could do about it. Maybe huh. you've got a couple of gels with you or you, yeah. you're almost in you know you're close to a gas i don't know you're by a gas station and yeah. maybe you swing in and buy a snickers or something like that right, 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 um, right. i always felt like for me it was a mental thing it was just kind of a nice way to be prepared for a lot of different things that's how i saw it yeah but that's yeah. not necessarily what we're talking about with fueling no right no you don't want to bonk when you're tra- training to optimize your yeah no i it wasn't no it wouldn't be something yeah. i was looking for, for with regards to fuel economy okay. it's more of a mental thing yeah for yeah. me yeah okay yep huh well uh i would love to get some feedback from our listeners on what they do for long runs if they eat before if they don't if they switch it up or if they're like me and very very consistent i, I think that'd be fascinating to shout out some other yeah absolutely what some others do so yeah Anyways, uh, for now, we can kind of keep moving on to, uh, what do we have next? Uh, Root of the week. I know, Tony, you got a several. I've got a few kinda, because I've yeah. been out in different locations 
lately. And number one is um, Amity Creek Trail. Mm-hmm. And Mike, I don't know if you've been out there at all in the last, I don't know, month-ish or so. Yeah, no, no, I haven't. Well, anybody who has will probably know what I'm talking about, but there's some really interesting new beaver activity on the Amity Creek. Huh. Um, you know that uh, concrete platform that kind of sticks out? Yeah. So maybe 100 yards downstream from that. Okay. 100, 200 yards downstream. There's a whole new beaver dam. Wow. That's that's blocked up the creek, and so now, huh. well, now in the, the winterish time, I say winterish, but it's all yeah. It's basically a frozen lake around there wow. now. It's huh. really kind of cool. Interesting. It's really fascinating to have watched this develop this activity. Okay. Over the course of it's probably been two or three months actually. I said a month, but I think yeah. it's been farther longer than that. But then you can see where trees have been all gnawed down farther upstream. Yeah. Okay. And then, then the whole dam is the whole creek is all dammed up. It's really yeah. really fascinating. I assume they're gonna have to someone's gonna have to get in there and take that dam out. Yeah. Because it's um, um it's gonna start to erode the banks and right, stuff because right. that the huh. blocked up water. But yeah. it's pretty cool to watch evolve. I mean and that's so close to town. Yeah, I exactly. mean it's still a little bit rural, but I mean it's pretty close to town. But yet beavers, are yeah. It's like the one that was uh, by on, off of Vermilion. They oh, yeah, finally yeah, yeah. uh, kind of broke that dam up. Oh yeah, huh. uh, a couple of years ago I think. But that one, that one grew and grew. So that's one of them. Another one is actually kind of in that same area. This is kind of a little bit of a. I don't know, kind of a shout out to the trail namers, but those trails that are in, in between Skyline and the Amity Creek Trail, the Hawks Ridge trails, those single yeah. track things that kind of wind through that patch of land. Yeah. Um, there used to be like a yellow dot trail and a blue dot trail and the spray painted stuff. Well, now they have actual signs in there. Huh. And one of my favorite trail names of all time is uh, uh, one of those trails. Uh-huh. It's Wet Socks Trail. Wet Socks Trail. I love that name. <laughs> tells you exactly what you're in for when you get to that yeah. beginning of that trailhead. Way better than a yellow dot. Yeah, yeah. That was just a, such a great trail name when I was out running. I'd, I I got a little chuckle. This was a few few months ago now. I got a little chuckle out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Did, were your socks wet, though? No, it was actually pretty dry at the ah. time. So, But I did go through the trail. Okay. I went from from Skyline to the Amity Creek Trail. Ah. And, um, yeah, it was totally fine. Nice. And then one last route of the week and this is not for anybody local who's gonna unless you happen to be driving south but i over thanksgiving i was down in my hometown in iowa where i grew up and got a chance to run at the state park where i did hmm. so much running yeah back in the day pilot knob state park it's just a wonderful Fun. park awesome trails any duluthian would love the trails there it's very okay. duluth like yeah um, other than the fact that it's there's far more oak trees so okay. the, the the landscape is slightly different but the trail system in the park is pretty duluth like sure sure single track they've got double lane kind of ski trail grassy ski trail things okay. horse trails they got a little bit of everything yeah um flat but pretty hilly yeah it's it's yeah it's definitely pretty hilly um so if you're ever down that way yeah. you happen to be kind of the, like the, the mason city clear lake area of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. iowa um and you've got some time turn uh, west off of I-35 and drive for about 45 minutes and you'll get to Pilot Knob State Park on Highway 9 and uh, go for a run. Pilot Knob, huh? Pilot Knob State Park. Do you yeah. have some good nostalgia moments running uh, out there? So many. Yeah. <laughs> my wife and I were running on the trails and I told her, I said, every time I round a corner, a new memory pops up into my head. Oh, I mean, fun. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles. We had races. We had my friend and Paul and I put on two races yeah. every year out there, a 15K and a five-miler and um yeah there's just 
so much great stuff snowshoeing cool. skiing running yeah yeah all, all year long yeah yeah there's gotta park. be i mean every runner's gotta have a similar kind of nostalgia bring you back to the yeah 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 i i really enjoy that kind of going back and running in old places when, yeah. when, you're, when you get that opportunity it's really fun yeah 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 cool pilot knob huh. yep uh, I got a root of the week. This is like a root of my life. Like I'd probably do this stretch of, it's a one mile stretch Wow! from my house um, to uh, Cascade Park. It's a Duluth park. It's mm. not really well known, but it's just like flat. It's right along the same street. So, you know, I'm on the hillside. I either have to run up or down or side to side, you know, if yeah. I want flat. And, um, which way is it from here? West or west? It's west. Yep. Okay. It's right under like, uh, Masaba. Okay. And, okay. um, yeah, uh, really cool historic park. Like mm-hmm. used to be kind of like the premier park in Duluth. And then with Masaba, it got mm. like cut in a quarter and then cut in a quarter again. <laughs> Okay. And um, so now it's so just a pretty small little playground set. But there's this, the, one of the original capstones of the park was this um, kind of gazebo terrace thing built up. And uh, you can still see in the sandstone inscribed like 1894 or whatever. Wow. Well, um, the gazebo itself didn't fall in, but there's this stone wall like right next to it with a sidewalk that completely fell down, eroded, like Mm -hmm. huge mess, rocks everywhere. I mean, this big landslide, it looked really bad for years, you know, like this thing could fall down at any moment. Well, it finally did. And then I I was kind of thinking this is just another like knock on the park. You know, this thing's just going to be like houses before too long. There's no way, you know, this little park. Well, they repaired it. Yeah, they got this nice, like, sloping rock wall, and uh, the, oh, and the cool. gazebo's back open. They had it roped off before for safety, so yeah. I was really excited about that. Cool. Yeah. And then one of my favorite runs is to go there, and then you can look down, beautiful panoramic view, but you can see, like, uh, kind of the corner of the lake walk right by the lift bridge. Okay. And one of my favorite runs is to, like, look at that and then run down there and then look back up. Oh, cool. It's kind of just neat. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Perspective. So that's my route of the week. But really, I do it every single week forever because it's just a one mile little add on close to my house. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, finally, we got uh, what I'm into. What have you been into lately, Tony? Well, it's so funny. We were talking about the weather yeah. and the lack of winter. And this is the the one year that I have signed up for a ski race. What one? The the Prince Hocken. Oh, yeah. So it's a 15K. It's the same weekend as Berkey and Cordy, yep. but it's just the, sh- the little kids version. It's a really short one. And I'm yeah, going yeah. to be doing the open track day, so the Wednesday. Okay. Um, but I haven't been able to ski, <laughs> obviously. And, and I guess I, I don't roller ski or anything. So, But I've been yeah. going to the gym, trying to do some weights, get a little stronger, yeah. trying to stay somewhat consistent running-wise, so I have that aerobic base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking, oh, you know, had I done this last year, I would have been on the skis so many times by now, and uh-huh. and who knows when I'm going to get on skis? Yeah, at all this year, I just thought it was kind of funny, little Murphy's law. Yeah, that the one time I sign up for a ski race, there's no snow. Yeah, in Duluth, it, it's because I didn't put my winter tires on. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, and that's another <laughs> thing. I did actually do that a few weeks ago. I put my winter tires on. Oh, funny. <laughs> yeah, didn't need to. Yeah, you you like sometimes if you tell someone that you're gonna put your winter tires on then it snows and then they get mad at you or something right like so, yeah well it, maybe it'll snow one of these days and 
I don't know. Running's good enough, though, right? I mean, running will be fine. I think, yeah, the 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 combo that I'm doing right now, it's yeah. it's the best. I, well, other than maybe roller skiing, but I don't really want to do that. So this is the best option that I can do. At least like physically. I mean, maybe not like from a. I don't know. Like, I just feel like a penguin on skis, or like a, a yeah. newborn calf. You know, cow, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like so. technique-wise, I'm going to be way behind. I was hoping to yeah. improve, improve, improve. Right, 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 right. Fitness-wise, I think I can manage. And it's only 15K, so I'm not too worried about actually about the distance. I know yeah. the skiers will be like, well, that's a lot to ski. Yeah. And I get it. It will be a lot to ski, but um, I feel like just fitness-wise, I can handle that just fine. Yeah. But it's going to be the technique aspect. Right. And I could go over to Spirit Mountain and and ski that the the man made stuff. Of course, yep. I don't even know what that's like now with the warm weather that we've had. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But it'll be back. I mean, as long as it's below freezing, they'll be back, right? I mean, yeah, they can regroom that, respray stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you might have to get there before too long. I know. You know, I know because there's nothing time. in the forecast. And, yeah, you know, and so it'll it's be wild. at least January probably before, right. say. Um, like Lester Hartley ski trails are open in right. at least January. At some yeah. Point, unless we get a big dumping. Crazy. Yeah. Um, what I've been into lately, similar, a different sport than running, mm-hmm. but maybe correlated to running. I've used this sport in the past for some kind of mobility and strength work, but I've never done this specific style of this particular sport, which is yoga. Okay. And specifically hot yoga okay which is is really fun yeah it's been really fun it's interesting it's it's very very mental yeah uh i have you done hot yoga before no not at all yeah i mean it's like a sauna right plus yoga and like a sauna it's kind of like i don't want to be in here anymore i'm i'm so like uncomfortable and hot you know (laughs) but it's the same thing but then you're trying to like focus and and do these poses and stuff interesting i had never really done a um class i mean like a couple here and there like a beach yoga type but that's like barely a class and then yeah i've been going down to inner bliss uh here in duluth they had like a 30-day like unlimited yoga package for like 50 bucks uh-huh. like you know, let's give it a shot and uh <laughs> yeah i've done i don't know maybe seven sessions or something like that and uh it's fun it's kind of addictive you know like getting into it a little bit and then you kind of know what's coming up next and uh, it's it's been like a it's been a fun off season yeah cool for sure so wow yeah huh that's awesome hard I'll really bet. hard I'll bet yeah <laughs> jeez <laughs> but other than that yeah um, anything else Tony yeah I don't I don't think so you have anything else no I guess we can just uh, do a little snow dance and see you yeah. next month yep. Okay, and that will wrap up episode number 67 of the Duluth Rundown podcast. Um, Hope everybody out there has a super happy and safe holiday season. And uh, look forward to seeing you all out there on the trails slash roads. 